It takes a lot of running to train for a marathon, hundreds or even thousands of miles, tens of thousands of calories burned. You might have heard that running burns 100 calories a mile. Well, if that's the case, quick math tells us that you'll need to run 35 miles to lose a pound of fat. Most marathoners run that much or even more in a single week. That means that in a single three-month marathon training cycle, you should easily be able to lose 10, 15, or even 20 pounds. But you don't. In fact, you actually end up gaining weight. How is this possible? And also, why is this so unfair? Gaining weight while training for a marathon is more common than you might think. But before I get into the details, I first want to say that any discussion of weight and running can be triggering and controversial. Our sport has a dark history of encouraging runners, especially young females, to be thin to win. Many young athletes to this day are deliberately being fed this dangerous advice, and for others, the message is far more subtle yet equally as damaging. As important as it is to share the absolute truth of healthy fueling for performance at any age or weight, today's show is not about that. I want to explore the experiences of the everyday non-elite runner who is struggling to train for a marathon while also trying to lose weight. Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. On today's episode, I'm going to look at some reasons why you might gain weight while training for a marathon. You'll learn why running lots of miles is no guarantee of fat loss, why actively trying to lose weight while training for a marathon is bad for both of those goals, and I'll share my own story of weight loss while training for fast marathons. If you need more help, you can order my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition, wherever you get books or request a copy from your local library. Or you can enter to win a copy for free just by writing an Apple Podcasts review. I choose a new winner every month. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Perhaps one of the reasons you started running was to lose weight. That's why I started too. Or perhaps you've run for a while but never seemed to lose the fat that you were hoping to. Or maybe you've never had a weight issue in your life, but as you age, you're seeing things in the mirror that you've never seen before. I want to say all of those reasons and many more that I haven't even mentioned are 100% valid. It's important to emphasize that runners can be all shapes and sizes and that your lightest weight is unlikely to actually be your fastest or your healthiest. But it's also perfectly fine to have aesthetic goals as part of the reason you eat well and exercise. What I have found in my own personal experience is that aesthetic goals can be a truly motivational place to start, but they are rarely meaningful enough alone to sustain indefinitely. Accomplishment and identity goals seem to stick around a lot longer and often have the pleasant side effect of a more fit appearance as well, but not always. 
All that being said, gaining weight while you're training for a marathon is a common experience. So without any judgment, let's explore why. How is it possible that many people manage to gain weight while training for a marathon? The first reason the scale might be going up instead of down is if you are gaining muscle. This is particularly common with newer marathoners whose body composition can change quite dramatically with the increase in training. So while a pound of muscle weighs exactly the same as a pound of fat or a pound of feathers, it looks a whole lot different on your body since muscle is more dense. Hopefully the weight you are gaining is muscle that helps propel you down the road farther and faster. So muscle gain is rarely a bad thing. But there's also a reason that elite marathoners don't look like bodybuilders. Too much muscle, especially upper body muscle, doesn't help move your body much faster at a certain point, so it can literally weigh you down. But if you are training properly for a marathon, gaining huge muscle mass is quite challenging to really do, unless you're spending the same amount of time weightlifting as you are running while eating a lot of extra calories. You need to be in a calorie surplus to gain muscle. Running is a catabolic exercise, meaning your body breaks down tissue to do it. When you eat and rest after running, your body builds and repairs. If you keep your calorie intake in balance with what you burn, you will not gain huge muscles or get super skinny, unless that's your natural body type. But if all marathoners' weight gain was attributed to gaining muscle, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Some runners unfortunately do worry about gaining any kind of weight, muscle or fat or something else, mistakenly believing that even muscle gain will slow them down. But I would say most runners are really only concerned about gaining fat. Fat is essential for human life, of course, but extra fat does make running harder and presumably makes us slower on the race course, right? So let's get lean as possible to nail those PRs. First of all, that's not exactly true, but I'll talk about that part in a minute. Before even getting into the discussion about getting super lean, I first want to talk about how to avoid gaining fat when training, assuming that you are at a healthy weight or perhaps a little heavier than recommended for your height. How can you gain fat while running more than ever? Well, because your metabolism is a tricky moving target, which favors inertia over change. Your body hates change, both good and bad, and fights to keep you exactly where you were yesterday with lots of sneaky tools at its disposal. The reason for fat gain is both simple and complex at the same time. It's simple because the only way to gain fat is to eat more than you burn. It's complex because you might not even realize that you're doing it. When you go out and run 15 miles for the first time ever, it's a big deal. You're proud of yourself, you're tired, and you're hungry. So you celebrate with an entire sheet of brownies and a gallon of margaritas. <laughs> okay, well, maybe you don't do that every time, but rewarding yourself with food and drink after exercise can lead to unexpected fat gains for two reasons. One, you're consuming more than you think you are, and two, you're burning less than you think you are. As you shift from a less active person to a highly active person, your body fights to remain who you used to be 
It's not happy when you start to burn off its precious energy stores that it has frantically built up over the years. So when you fill your belly with sleeves of double-stuffed Oreos and half a dozen IPAs, your body greedily squirrels it away in your fat cells, along with a little something extra in case you get the silly idea to go running again. So the trick is to sneak up on your fitness so your body doesn't notice you're dramatically changing your life. Build mileage slowly and gradually, run slowly on your easy days, be sure you're recovering, and don't overly reward yourself with food for a job well done. There is definitely room for treats in a healthy lifestyle, but if you are rewarding yourself with food every day, that's not a treat, that's a habit. Make whole, fresh food the convenient choice and don't have junk food in the house. You don't need to be perfect with this. If you get it 80% right, you're likely to be pretty successful. Okay, so let's say you got that part down and your diet is pretty good. Why else would you gain weight? Let's look at how you're fueling your workouts. Are you having a pre-run snack, then sucking down energy gels during your run, then finishing it with a 32-ounce Gatorade, all for your 30-minute easy runs? Hmm. Fueling properly is critical and refueling after your run is too, but so many runners go way overboard here, especially on easy runs. Your body is already carrying enough fuel in your muscles for about 90 minutes of running, so you don't have to think about fueling during the run for short, easy runs that are less than 45 to 60 minutes. Fueling is very important for hard, intense speed days or long, long runs, and you'll be doing plenty of both in marathon training. But if you're barely breaking a sweat, you can put the gel down and wait until your next normal meal to eat. This is one reason why shorter but more frequent sessions of running might be more successful for weight loss, but probably not so great for marathon training. Another part of weight gain for endurance runners is that well-fueled muscles are heavier than depleted ones. As you train more and more, your body learns to store more glycogen in your muscles to fuel your runs. So your muscles actually begin to weigh more. And with every gram of glycogen stored, your body stores two to three grams of water. For runners, this is a very good thing because you need both glycogen and water on board to run long distances well, but that weight will show up on the scale. At this point, some of you are saying, Coach Claire, I'm doing all the right things, eating a whole foods diet, not drinking my calories, and I'm not overfueling, but I'm still gaining weight. What gives? I'll look into that right after this. I want to tell you about a unique opportunity for you to get stronger, faster, and stay motivated to hit all your running and nutrition goals this year, and that is to join the PR team. I started it last fall, and I have to tell you, it's even better than I imagined. Each member of the team gets a custom training plan made by me for you based on your unique fitness, goals, and lifestyle. Everything you need to crush your running dreams is included, such as strength training, recovery, and even cross-training if you want it. 
I include weekly mental strength training as well as tips and nutrition guides. But here's where it gets really cool. The group has its own page in the app where we share workouts, ask training questions, and get feedback from me and the other teammates. And each week I create an exclusive private podcast just for the team based on the questions I get and what I see in their training each week. And I usually end up sharing behind the scenes and exclusive sneak peeks with the team that I don't share anywhere else. So instead of joining a Facebook group or sitting through another Zoom call, you get to listen to tailored advice on the run and you don't have to do all of this alone. So if you are ready to take your running to the next level and join an amazing team of runners, head to theplantedrunner.com slash group and join us today. It's more affordable than you think, and I can't wait to have you. I'm the type of person that prefers relying on good habits, not motivation or inspiration. I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted a simple, all-in-one routine that checked all the boxes. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've felt more energized. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water, once a day, every day. As a plant-based athlete, AG1 covers my base with high-quality ingredients with adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food-sourced nutrients. If you want to take ownership of your health this year, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash plantedrunner. That's drinkag1.com slash plantedrunner. Check it out. You know I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions, except when they're as easy as swapping out that ugly plastic laundry jug for a slim envelope of Earth Breeze. Earth Breeze looks exactly like a dryer sheet, but it's actually a super powerful, ultra-concentrated laundry detergent that you toss into your washing machine in any cycle. It gets even my stinkiest running clothes fresh and clean, and there's no more awful orange jug in my laundry room or in the landfill. When you're ready to join me, you'll never run out of detergent again because EarthBreeze has a flexible subscription that you can adjust, pause, or cancel at any time with no hidden fees or penalties. If EarthBreeze doesn't end up being the 2024 update of your dreams, you don't even have to return it. Just let them know it's not for you and get a full refund, no questions asked. Right now, my listeners can get started with EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash plantedrunner. That's earthbreeze.com slash plantedrunner for 40% off your subscription. If you are doing most things right with your diet and you're still gaining weight, there could be a couple of other things going on. If you've recently lost a good bit of weight and you're now gaining or plateauing, what might be happening is that you are now burning fewer calories at rest due to your smaller size. If you lost the weight quickly, your body is now on high alert and is storing and absorbing more calories than it used to when food was abundant. So that means if you want to break the plateau, you either need to eat less or burn more, both of which are challenging to do when you need to be properly fueled to run well. Run too much and you risk injury and overtraining. Eat too little and you're more tired, you'll underperform, and you also risk overtraining. 
This is when you need to prioritize your goals. Is your main goal to lose weight? Or are you trying to lose weight so you can race better? If losing weight is more important than performance, then cutting a few calories without being overly restrictive is the way to go so that you lose it slowly and your body doesn't have time to freak out. And as much as I wish it weren't the case, there are far better and easier ways than training for a marathon to lose weight and gain muscle. If you try to do both at the same time, you won't be very successful at either one. Now, if you are a healthy weight and you're trying to lose a couple pounds to shave off a few seconds off your marathon time, you're focusing on the wrong metric. Training and experience will make you a far better marathoner than simply having as little body fat as possible. I know this from personal experience. I fell into the trap of trying to be as tiny as possible to run my fastest marathon. I tracked every calorie I ate for months to get down to what I thought was my magic race weight. At first, it worked, and I PR'd. Naturally, I thought I was so smart and disciplined, so I tried it again for the next race. But the same techniques no longer worked, and my body was having none of that nonsense. I found myself needing to cut even more calories to get the same results, and it still didn't work. I simply could not get that skinny again without starving myself, and thankfully, I knew that eating a thousand calories a day while training was a stupid thing to do. So for my next race, I was a few pounds heavier, but I had great training and more experience, and I PR'd again. So then I thought, okay, now this is my real race weight. Next time, I need to get down to this weight again. And surprise, surprise, nothing I did worked. Once again, I raced a few pounds heavier and yet still performed better. I finally came to my senses and stopped obsessing about how little I could get away with eating. The pattern of train and gain continued for me until my last marathon where I finally achieved my dream goal time of a 2.58 marathon at age 42, weighing in a full 10 pounds heavier than my lowest weight. On my five foot three inch frame, that's significant. In fact, I was the exact same weight as I was before I even started running. But my body composition was night and day better with less fat and more muscle. What I learned is that the number on the scale is not only deceptive, but it's entirely missing the point. Being fit and strong mattered far more and made me far faster than simply being light. Not to mention, you'll be a far nicer person to be around when you're actually eating enough food. Being as lean as possible is a huge restrictive commitment. It will affect your relationships, how you celebrate, how you spend your time. So really think about how important those last couple of vanity pounds are to you. I promise you that you can be fit and fast without starvation or obsessively worrying about the scale. If you want to lose both fat and train for marathons, do one of those things at a time. Train for a marathon and fuel properly. Then after you recover, spend a cycle running shorter distances more often, walking and lifting more while being mindful of being in a slight calorie deficit. And whatever your training goals are, keep it simple by focusing on whole foods, mostly or entirely plants, 
Keep the easy days easy and the hard days hard. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is find your floor. As runners, we often have big goals and have hopefully made a solid plan of what to do each day to get there. But there will be days, no matter how committed you are, that you just don't want to go out for a run. Maybe the weather's bad, maybe you're a little tired, or maybe there's no real reason other than you don't feel like it. While it's certainly good to take a rest day when you need it, you don't want to make skipping your runs a habit. So find your floor. What is the minimum amount that you can run today to check the box? Is it just one mile, three miles, to the end of your block and back? Whatever it is, give yourself permission to do the bare minimum instead of just skipping it. Often, you'll feel better once you start and you'll end up running more. But if not, you still got to run in and kept up your consistency, which is by far the most important part of achieving your goals. Thank you for listening to or watching The Planted Runner, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Don't forget that you can win a copy of my book for leaving an Apple Podcast review, so be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach, and it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next, because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flojo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.